You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening, everybody. Robert Carrillo here in Metro Studio A, and uh, we are diving into some scriptures and continuing our study of the Spirit. I hope this has been a time that is helping you to grow, to learn, uh, inspire you. I know I've been, you know, I've been studying this a lot of well, the last few years, but especially the last few weeks, just even getting ready for all the classes. And it's really been incredibly inspiring and incredibly moving for me. Uh, I'm learning so much and I'm so excited about it. And I love being able to share this because I think it's just very life-giving, very inspiring, very moving um, if we if we take the time to focus and understand, and I appreciate all the good news I've been hearing of everything from people doing the forty day meditations to people uh, doing the 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 spiritual forming classes on Sundays, and um, all the different things we've been doing, the studies we've been doing on midweek and Sundays. It's really cool to see how the Spirit is moving in our fellowship. And and I want to encourage you to keep encouraging each other with how you're growing, how you're changing, what you're learning, and encourage one another because sometimes some of us are a little slow to catch on and, and we can get inspired by others. Some of us are more in the front of the pack, learning all we can, moving as you know as forward as we can, and we can encourage those behind us that are learning, that are just starting out. There's a lot to learn here, and, and we're not going to get it in one class. It hit me how... How there's no way you can you could learn all this in a month even, you know that's something that we're going to be chipping away at throughout the year, um, and and again as I said before the goal being that by the end of this year we're going to be very familiar with the spirit and we're going to be people who really feel comfortable with the spirit walk with the spirit led by the spirit and live in the spirit of God. And uh, that's the goal. That's exciting. And we just did a study last Sunday with the Bible Talk leaders. And we talked about how much the Spirit was involved in helping the church move forward, helping the church grow. So um, we're going to jump into a real basic study of the Spirit. I appreciate so much what Reese did last week. He gave kind of a broad overview of what the Spirit is. And we're going to kind of take it from there. Um, you know, we'll start out in the beginning, right? Right from the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Um, in verse two, we read the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. So right from the beginning, we see we're introduced to the spirit of God, the Ruach, the spirit of God. Reese mentioned this a little bit in the last class of what is the Spirit of God. There's actually several words, and I'm going to introduce the different words. Ruach being the principal one here, that this is God's Spirit, and it hovered over the waters. And there's a very important principle that we're going to see played out through the Scriptures of how God moves something from chaos to order, from nothingness to beauty, you know, and, and this all work. And then, of course, we read in the very next chapter in the creation of mankind, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed, there's that word again, ruach, into his nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living being, nephesh. That's the other word. I, I introduced nephesh a while back, uh, being commonly translated as the soul. 
But part of our challenge, honestly, is that we have conceptions in our mind. We have preconceived notions of what the soul is that aren't going to necessarily line up with the scripture. So I'm going to challenge us a little bit to line up our thinking with the scriptures and what they teach. So it's a little different, not, not radically different, but there are some differences that will, that will become evident as we go through these studies. Um, but, but he, he, so God breathes into Adam, right? The, 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 the Adam, Hadam is the, is the word for dirt or dust and Hadam. And he breathes into him the breath of life and man became a living being, a nephesh. And that living being he gave to all his creation, to all the animals, the birds and the fish and the animals and everything. That is nephesh. So really probably for our concept, it's probably better to understand it as spirit, not so much as soul. But it is a spirit. It is a soul. I mean, it's often translated as soul, but probably spirit's a better way for us to understand it. But that in itself, just that alone, is incredibly important to understand that God gave his breath of life and he created living beings, nephesh. And all the animals and all the little critters on, on the world are his nephesh. What does that mean? That means that they are all sacred. All life is sacred. It's not to be just abused. It's not to be just discarded. And, you know, for, for really for centuries, people considered animals, even pets, they just didn't consider them. They, they considered it just food or, or just wild animals to be tamed or to be killed or to be not understanding the sacredness of it. And I mean, God charged Adam with the responsibility to take care of these things. He charged Noah with the same responsibility. And in fact, he even says to Noah, the, all these creatures with nephesh, he says, they all had died and they would all come back. And, and he had the responsibility to take care of them. And so all life is sacred. So, you know, the, there's, a, there's a scripture that says that the, the godly man takes care, good care of his animals. Why? Because he understands that. He understands that all life is sacred. Nothing is just a thing. Not if it breathes, not if it understands. I mean, it, it, it was given life by God. It was given nephesh by God. If we look even closer to Genesis 2-7, he says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed, that was that word ruach, right? Into his nostrils. And the breath of life, now here's another word I'm introducing, the neshama, it's the breath of life. He breathed the neshama. Now that's a very unique thing. That is the spark of life. And, and he gives that to man. But it's not just the spark of life because animals have life, trees have life. This is something special that only we got. This is what makes us in the image. This is believed by many that this is what makes us into the image of God. The neshama. The, the, the essence of God, and that man became a nephesh, a living being. <clears throat> so these are the three words that 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 we have to understand. They, all three of these, all three of these words get translated 
<coughs> oftentimes in the English Bible, as just soul. But they're different parts, and they function in different ways. They don't all function the same way. That's why you can't, when you, when you, when you if you look at nefesh, you know, which is which I've done before. If you look at ruach, it's not. It doesn't cover everything. You have to understand what neshama is too. <coughs> there are all different parts of what it means to have a soul, what it means to to be a soul. What is the spirit of God, and how does that play with all this? So the three words: ruach, neshama, and nefesh. Ruach, commonly translated as breath or wind, life or soul. Neshama as the mind. That's probably one of the best, I think, one of the best interpretations is the mind. You are your mind. As Descartes, Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. I am who I am, you know, and if, and, and in a sense, the mind is separate from the body, right? Well, the mind can even think about the body and notice things about the body because the mind isn't necessarily the body. So the neshama, but really the neshama is even bigger than the mind. So that's why it's sometimes translated as soul or the spark of life or the spark of God, maybe even more to the point that it's what connects us to God. It's our connection to God. It's how we are like God. The animals did not receive neshama. You know, now nefesh, they did. That's life force. That's the being. That's often translated as the soul. It comes as material and immaterial. The nefesh can die. That's the material side. But the nefesh can return to God once the body has died. That's the immaterial. You know, that, that there's something that is both physical and spiritual. And I'm telling you, I know this is a little bit confusing, but but we'll get it with practice as we go along the way. Um, Genesis, so, so looking at that again with those words, we see it. The Lord... The, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed, ruach, into his nostrils, the breath of life, the neshama. And the man became a living being, the nefesh. All right? And these are all parts of how God works. And the more we understand, the more we're going to get how incredibly important they are. The two parts that make us distinct is that we have both ruach which is the breath of God, the power of God, the energy of God, and the neshama, which is the spark of God, the mind of God, the, the spirit of God placed in us, right? And even that, even, even those can be applied in a special way, which we'll see that later on. But And then, of course, nefesh is our being, our soul, what we consider. What does that mean? That means that all human life is holy. Because we all have those three. We have the Ruach. We have the Shaman. We have, we have the Nefesh. We all have that. And that's incredibly important to understand. That's why it's so wrong when anybody looks down on somebody else. Because they look different. Because their skin's a different color. Because they speak a different language. Or because they're tall or short or good looking or not good looking. Or they're rich or they're poor or they're educated or not educated. They're so wrong because all of us are made in God's image. All of us have what Genesis 2 said. We all have the Ruach, the Neshama, and the Nefesh of God. That's us. And we have that. And so everybody, you know, it's like the song that we teach our kids, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight, right? That is how God sees everything. 
That is how God sees all of us. He accepts no kind of prejudice or racism or or uh, uh, preferential treatment or any of that because he loves all of us. When any of us, rich or poor, black or white or tall or short or any of us suffers, it hurts him. It does. It amazes me how even, you know, I, I remember when, when I came back from, uh, I was working with refugees in, in Turkey and I shared this at the big reach conference. And afterwards I got some really ugly emails saying that I was a traitor because I was helping the enemy. How could I help the Syrians? And they're probably terrorists and all this stuff. And it was just really sad. It was heartbreaking to me when I got these emails because these were people in the church. And they were calling me a traitor and calling me all kinds of ugly names. And actually one of them, you know, a couple of them called me racist names. And the sad thing was that, that they don't get it. They don't get any of this. How everybody is precious to God. Everybody matters to God. Everybody is loved by God. Doesn't matter their race, even their religion, even their sexual preference, even their gender, even their social status, any of those things. All of us were made in the with the neshama, with, with the ruach. All of us carry the nefesh. All of us do. And that makes all of us incredibly important in this universe. And until we understand that, our world is going to be filled with problems. Our world is going to suffer. And so we're the people that are supposed to get that. We're the people that need to understand that and show the world how we love everybody and everybody is precious. In Job 33, 4, he says, The Spirit of God, the Ruach, has made me. Job knew it. The Ruach made me. He said, The breath. The neshama of the Almighty gives me life. Those are the two you always see together. The ruach and the neshama. You see them working together because that's what makes us distinct. And that's what makes us special, precious in God's sight, holy, sanctified, just by the fact that we are alive. We haven't even talked about the Holy Spirit yet, you know, and how that works. In Job 34, he says, If it were his intention, and he withdrew his spirit, his ruach, and breath, neshama, all humanity would perish together and mankind would return to the dust. I mean, we would just fall apart in dust. You know, there, it was, there was one of the Avengers movies that came out, and you remember he's, the bad guy snaps his fingers and everybody just turns into dust. That's, that, that is a visual of what Job is saying. That if God withdrew his ruach and took away his neshama, we would all just turn to dust. But it wouldn't be half. It would be everybody. Every single person on the planet would just boom, turn into dust. We are sustained by these things. We have life because of God's spirit. So is God's spirit important? Yeah, absolutely. Is his ruach important to us? Yes, because it is the breath that we breathe. It is the spirit that we have. It is it is the wind of God that makes creation. It's life force. It's God's energy. It's his personal presence that he 
gives us his life with. So it's it's an incredibly important thing. And and I know that all these different definitions, well, what which one is it? It's it depends on how it's used, which one is applied. And the same thing with Neshama. Neshama is also it could be translated in different ways, and it usually is, right? And sometimes it's the mind. Because that's probably one of the easiest ways to understand it. We have a mind, right? And 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 scientists have been really struggling for the last several hundred years trying to understand what is the mind or what is consciousness. And that's that is such a hot topic right now. It's a fascinating time to be alive because they're making all these discoveries on what the mind is. And psychologists and now physicists and astrophysicists are and 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 of course they're actually coming together with theologians and spiritual leaders with the same conclusions and understanding what is the life force. The neshama is sometimes translated as energy. And energy is incredibly important because at the base of all creation, and th- and I love it because physicists are figuring this out. There's the famous, the, the double slit test that showed that all matter at its most basic form is actually energy. It's an arrangement of energy. And this is what what um what quantum physics is all about and i love this stuff and i know i'm getting nerdy here but but this is where where religion and science are absolutely coming together neshama sometimes understood as simply energy and and scientists have understood this for a long time uh albert einstein said everything is energy and that is all there is to it i love that quote everything's energy and that's all there is to it there's no, I mean, there's no, this desk is here. This laptop isn't really material. If you break it down small enough, it's just an arrangement of energy. Uh, Nicholas Tesla, one of the brilliant minds of history, who we're really just becoming more and more aware of how brilliant he actually was. He said, if you want to find the secret of the universe, think in terms of energy. Okay, that's really what makes up the universe. And and Aristotle, who lived thousands of years ago, literally, the energy of the mind is the essence of life. The energy. So he understood how this all comes together, which blows my mind because how these guys twenty five hundred years ago understood all this stuff. You know how these Greeks figured out these things and and things that we are just now figuring out. There's there's an incredible convergence happening right now, of Physics, psychology, theology, and spirituality. And they're all coming to the same point. They're all coming to the same point. I love that I read it. I was reading an article. because I love to read about, about quantum physics. It's kind of a side hobby. Uh, because it's a different way I learn about God. And, and one of the astrophysicists said, he said uh, in, his, in his, it's actually in a book, but the article was quoting his book. And he says, He says, after a lifelong pursuit of knowledge, I've been climbing the mountain of knowledge my entire life. He said, I have the suspicion that when I get to the top of the mountain, I'm going to find an old theologian who's going to look at me and laugh and say, I told you so. That the very things that these physicists and astrophysicists are figuring out are the things that theologians, spiritual leaders have been saying forever. And it's a it's very exciting right now. This is happening right now in our world, this convergence of physics, psychology, theology, and spirituality. They're all discovering the essence of creation, what we just read about in Genesis chapter one. 
Um, Carl Jung, I mean, one of the most famous, famous psychologists ever, he wrote, uh, by spirituality, we mean a view of the world that accepts the numinous at the foundation of the cosmic order. In the same way, quantum physics is more than physics. It is a new form of mysticism, which suggests the interconnectedness of all things and beings and the connection of our minds with a cosmic mind. As in God, a cosmic mind. I mean, this is what they are all figuring out. This is what, what, what is like so hot right now in whether it's quantum physics or astrophysics or, or psychology or, you know, the study of the mind, the study of consciousness, that we are all part of something that's big, that encompasses the entire universe and that we actually don't come, we're not a product of that con. We're not, consciousness, you know, is not, does uh, we don't create the consciousness or the cosmic mind it creates us this is what scientists are saying so it's, it's a very exciting time so we get back to back to feet on the ground nefesh the word nefesh is translated in many ways i've already said it's spirit life force there's a material and immaterial the nefesh can die and and with the body, but then there's something that returns back to God. Um, the ruach, right, is the 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 spirit of God. The who among all, excuse me, Job twelve he says, who among all these does not know that the hand of Yahweh has done this? In whose hand is the soul, the nephesh, of every living thing, and the breath, the ruach of all mankind. I mean, God has given us, and, and there you see them again together, the nefesh and the ruach, right? And how they are what is high or life in, in, in the Hebrew mindset and Hebrew scriptures. It's what we call the ruach hakadesh or the, the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit that is holy, the spirit that is from God. Uh, or the Ruach Elohim, which is the actual spirit of God. We see it in special appearances in the Old Testament. You know, not, not only the spirit of God uh, hovering over the waters, but we see him intervening and doing special things like Joseph receiving the power to discern dreams and to be able to correct what is wrong. And, and we read that in Genesis. Uh, Betzalil who is an artist who is given the uh, a special gift through the ruach of God to decorate and do the the carvings and the and the artwork of the tabernacle to create the prophets were blessed by the ruach the the spirit of God to see to hear and understand God in a special way this ruach hakadesh this ruach form of a very special blessing is incredibly important. Um, in Psalm fifty-one ten, it says, "This is the word of the Lord Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit," says the Lord Almighty. This is how He gets things done through His ruach. This is how He moves through people. Now, this is important because what we are doing as a group of disciples of Jesus of the Lord's apprentices, of the followers of Jesus, is we're trying to learn how to live by the Ruach HaKadosh, the Spirit 
of God. We're trying to learn how to be led by that spirit. We're trying to learn how to be filled with that spirit. Last Sunday, I met with the Bible talk leaders and we walked through the book of Acts and just looked at some of the ways. There's over 67 times that the spirit, you see the spirit moving the church forward. We looked at just a few of those of how the spirit was trying to help them to understand and to get a bigger vision for the diversity of God's salvation, for that, that to understand that it was meant for everybody, to understand that it's supposed to go to the whole world, to understand our role in creation, and that that's what that was doing. And that's incredibly important. It's the Ruach HaKadosh, the, whole, the spirit that is holy, the Holy Spirit. Um, in Genesis, it's the, one, it's the same one that we read about uh, hovering over creation, hovering over the waters when there was chaos. And this is what the Ruach HaKadosh does. It moves things from chaos to beauty and order and life. This is what creation of mankind, it gives life. He gives life and he creates you and me. It's the Heaven is really the crowning work of the Spirit. It's where everything comes together in heaven. The will of God, the goodness of God, and the Spirit really reigns. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God. And we live in the Ruach Elohim, you know, the, the goodness of God. And But meanwhile, while we're here, God sent His Spirit in a very special way to help us along, to help us get there, to help us deal with this world, to help us with all the garbage that we're dealing surrounded with, to, to strengthen us, to inspire us, to give us a vision, to move us forward. This is what Peter was introducing in Acts 2. He says, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. He's talking about a special application, like, like what we saw with... Joseph, or what we saw with the artists, or what we saw with the prophets. This is a special delivery, a special giving of God's Spirit, only in the last days, which that's the time we're in, right? Where God says, I'm going to give it to everybody. It's not going to be just Joseph. It's not going to be just the Jews. It's not going to be just the prophets. Everybody's going to get it. Men, women, old, young, all ages, they will, they will all be blessed by the Spirit. And they will have vision and they will have dreams. And, and all of us, both men and women, and he says it repeatedly to make the point that everybody, this is, this is, this is the unrolling of the, the, the unraveling for everybody. He's going to pour out his spirit and they will prophesy. They're going to preach the word. They're going to, they're going to advance this vision. They're going to advance the spirit of God. And later on in verse 36, of course, you know, he get, does the sermon and they ask, what should we do? And, and, uh, and, then, and then he tells them, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they, they said to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? And he replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKadosh. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. He says, this promise is for you and your children. That's us. And all who are far off. That's us. 
for all whom the Lord our God will call. So we're all called to this. In John 3, Jesus tells, you remember, he has this conversation with Nicodemus. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Ruach HaKadosh, the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The Spirit blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is, so it is with the, with everyone born of the Spirit. We would not only be physically born, but we would be spiritually born again. Hence the term born again. And this is what he was rolling out. Now I know we know this from a different perspective, but now understand it from a spiritual perspective. What is God doing? How is he unraveling this? Our theme for the year, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Spirit. It increased in numbers. Because they got to know the Spirit, because they were born into the Spirit, they were encouraged by the Spirit. I think what can easily happen is we can be born into the Spirit and then forget the Spirit. And just try to live the Christian life on our own. And this is what this is why we're focused this year on this of how to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. How to be in touch. So everything from listening to meditating to obedience to reading to just immersing ourselves. Immersion, baptism, into the Spirit of God. We do it, and we don't even know what we're doing sometimes. David prayed, and this can be our prayer. Created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Help me to have the right spirit. Revive it. Bring it to life. When we were baptized, we all got God's spirit. We all got the Ruach. But oftentimes we forget and we need it to be revived. We need it to be stirred up. And some of you are feeling it. You're telling me this. I know as you're reading, as you're studying, as you're doing the quiet times, as you're, as you are, you are on that spiritual journey and you're feeling it. You're feeling it change your heart. You're feeling it change your perspective. You're feeling it inspire you. That's good. Stay on course. That's what David's prayer was. Renew that step. Stoke the fire. Fire me up is basically what he was saying. And he said he knew it was connected to his heart. He had to deal with his heart. Created me a pure heart. That comes first. We got to deal with our heart. Jesus said repent first, right? Deal with the heart and renew the spirit or refresh it or stoke it or fire it up, right? And I'll close with this one. You know, Peter told the church and the church was going through challenging times. And he said, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation he said go after it be hungry for it if, you, if, you, if you've ever been around newborn you know every couple hours they gotta eat and if they don't eat they get real unhappy he says that in that same way you just gotta crave it if we don't if we're not in touch with it if we're not 
aware of it. We don't crave it. No, of course not. But when we get closer to God, we crave it. We want God. We want God's spirit. And we and the more we depend on his spirit, the more we're led by his spirit, the more we're filled with his spirit, the more we want to be that way. And, and it's amazing because then we feel the changes inside us. We're not so tempted. We're not so angry. We're not so discouraged. We're not so mad. We're not so, we're not so troubled. Yeah, we still have these things to deal with, but we're empowered and we're strengthened. We're inspired. We're moved. And it's just the simple things like listening to God, like reading, like praying for each other, like memorizing scriptures, like setting our mind on things of above, like focusing on Jesus. That's what does it. And that's what we're learning right now. That's what we're all growing. So if you've been watching these classes, they're all for that purpose, to help us live off pure spiritual milk and grow in that. And notice he says that you may grow up in your salvation. Salvation, of course, comes to us when we're baptized, when we repent, we believe, repent, and we're baptized. But it doesn't stay with us unless we keep growing and keep growing in spirituality, unless we keep craving and going after it. And that helps us to grow up in our salvation. So we'll stop there. God bless you. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.